Welcome in to the Friendly Shake on Sports podcast, episode 7, where we are talking about the MLB playoffs. The race to the World Series is finally starting. For the first time in 30 years, the Yankees, Red Sox, and Cardinals are not in the playoffs, but that does not mean that this year doesn't have any exciting storylines. It all starts with the American League East champions, the Baltimore Orioles, who went from one of the worst teams in baseball the past few years to one of the best. The other shocker is the Houston Astros, who once again are in the playoffs after outlasting the Mariners and the Rangers to win the AL West. Three new teams also entered the playoffs this year for the first time in a while, those teams being the Rangers, Twins, and Blue Jays. The Rangers are the biggest surprise, as they had one of the lowest probabilities to make it in. But with a great offseason, they beat the odds and had one hell of a season. On the National League side, Two of the least surprising teams to make it in are the Braves and the Dodgers, each of who have had their share of World Series appearances the last few seasons. The Braves are the easy favorite to win the whole thing, as they are one of the most complete teams in the entire league, especially with MVP favorite Ronald Acuna Jr. and the MLB home run king Matt Olson. The Dodgers, on the other hand, have had a dominant run, but did it with less pitching than normal and more hitting. Mookie Betts, once again, is the focal point of that team and also made his case to challenge Acuna for the NL MVP. Other notable surprises are Arizona Diamondbacks, who are once again in the playoffs after not being in it for the past seven years. They've only made it seven times in their short franchise history. The other surprise team was the Miami Marlins, who made a name for themselves for winning close games behind NL batting, title champion, Luis Arias, after shocking the baseball world last year, the Phillies are once again in the playoffs, behind clutch-hitting Bryce Harper and new Phillies teammate Trey Turner. Overall, this is going to be an exciting October postseason, where, like always, any team can get hot and make a run for the World Series title. I'm going to give it over to Husson, our baseball expert, and he's going to kind of walk us through what these playoffs are going to look like. And we're going to talk about what he thinks is going to happen. And we can rip on his picks as they get torn apart in the next couple of weeks. Thanks so much for that great opening, Austin. Thanks for writing it. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime. Well, let's start off with the wild card round. These next three days are going to decide who makes it to the division series and plays against the Orioles, Astros, Dodgers, and Braves, respectively. So... The first matchup today was the American League wildcard game one of the Texas Rangers against the Tampa Bay Rays. Showed against the two best offenses in the American League, or two of the best offenses. The Rangers and Rays both led in runs scored, average, they were top teams there. It's no surprise the Rangers are there because they spent almost a half million dollars on their infield. Corey Seager and Marcus Semyon, two MVP candidates in the National and National League and American League, came to the Rangers the last two years and really changed the culture and the style of this team. Along with that, they also spent another $300 million on starting pitching. It's not that much. Yeah, not really at all, (laughs) right? Almost a billion dollars in three years they spent. (laughs) And honestly, last year they spent this money and they were still terrible. So it's not always that you make a lot of money or you spend a lot and you have a good team. We can just ask the Yankees about that or the Mets or the Padres who spent the most and didn't make it in this year. You still need to have good teammates. You still need to get clutch hitting. And the Rangers and Rays both did that. I didn't ask, by the way, since the Yankees missed the playoffs, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Eh, honestly, I knew they weren't going to make it for like the last two months. Fair. So it wasn't as big of a shocker to me. The other team was the Rays, the little engine that could team that always makes it in. This is their fifth consecutive entry into the playoffs. And they do it with one of the lowest 
salaries in baseball. Also one of the lowest fan attendances in baseball. For game one, they only had 19,000 fans show up. That's nothing. Exactly. This is what happens to Tampa Bay. It doesn't matter how good their team is, they don't have fans. And it kind of sucks because they're not watching one of the better teams in baseball year in and year out. And I think it has to do about where they're located. And unfortunately, they're staying in Tampa. I really wanted them to move to North Carolina since we don't that have a pro cool. baseball team. Rumor is we might still get one later on with expansion teams, but that's another thing. It's just really crazy the way this team is constructed. A lot of teams try to mimic what the Rays do, but no one's been able to do it. How are they constructed? Well, they find these guys that are kind of bargain basement people, players, and they have them have in niche roles. Like, some are really good stealing the bases. Some are really good fielding. Some are good defensively as a catcher or infield or outfield. They find these niche spots or they find a pitcher that is, has a really good changeup, and they're going to use them only for, like, the seventh inning or something like this. And they also have one of the best scouting departments in the league. They always find international prospects or players that other people don't think are very good, and they bring them in. Perfect example is Tyre Glass now. He was from the Pirates, and he was decent. But since he's been with the Rays, he's been lights out. I'm assuming yes, he's, he's a had, pitcher, right? Yes, he's a pitcher. Yeah. He's had some injury history, which is the only reason why he's not higher or more appreciative. But he's easily a top 10 pitcher, and that's the reason why he was game one starter today. Going right into there, the pitching matchups for these are not what everybody expected, mm -hmm. especially from the Rangers' side. The Rangers got Max Scherzer. They spent for Jacob deGrom. And unfortunately, both of them got hurt. They went after, because they saw these injuries ahead of time, they got another great pitcher in Jordan Montgomery, who was a former Yankee and then became a Cardinal last year and got traded this year. He's very underrated. He doesn't have a great fastball. He's an old-school pitcher that likes to feature a curveball changeup first. Very groundball-oriented, has a career ERA in the mid-threes, and the playoffs, same thing. This game's already over because this was the first game of uh, wildcard round. Yeah. And Montgomery played amazing. Seven innings, shutout baseball. Five, yeah, five strikeouts, no walks. He did exactly what they wanted him to do. His nickname is Gumby because he bends but doesn't break. And in this game, he didn't bend at all. Yeah. He was lights out. I actually figured the Rangers would win this game in three games. But this was the game I figured the Rays would win. Because Glass now is a better pitcher than Montgomery overall. But yeah, the Rays struggled, it looked like. They today. did struggle. They also had four errors, and this is very uncharacteristic for a Kevin Cash Rays team that prides themselves on defense and doing the little things right. And I know they've got some issues on hitting. I mean, Yandy Diaz had a career year as catcher, and then Randy Rosarena, he is one of those guys that gets better under the bright lights. His rookie year, he broke so many records for hitting, homers, walks, steals. He didn't everything that year to give the Rays a chance for the play. Well, World it even Series looked bid. like tonight he was one of the few guys that at least showed up to play. He had yeah. two hits. Only one other person had two hits tonight. And most of the team seemed to just whiff every time they stepped up to the plate. They ended up losing the game 4 nothing. Mm -hmm. which I don't know if you want to talk about Tyler Glass now after that glowing review you just gave him. Yeah, well, I think he only really gave up two runs. Mm. And the other two runs were errors that the defense kind of put him in bad situations. So a little bit that I'm going to give him a little bit of a push because he still went five innings, and the bullpen still did their job. I mean, they kept it close. 4 nothing is not insurmountable in baseball. Yeah. That is a decent chance, but what they didn't expect was how good the Rangers pitchers were. Yeah. After Montgomery left in the seventh inning, Chapman came in and he pitched the eighth and he had a perfect inning 
big surprise there because usually in the bright lights, he shrinks down to like the size of a mouse. And yes, I'm saying that with some anger because you know, <laughs> he's done that against with the Yankees many, many times. And then LeClerc closed it out. He was one of their bright spots in a bullpen that's very weak overall. In terms of like pitching staffs, I gave the Rays a better edge. Because they're known for being a better pitching team. But the only issue that they had and the Rangers both had were in bullpen. They both had a very weak bullpen. And that's one reason why the Rays had that amazing start of 40 and 18 before May. After that, they were very normal because, A, their talent and teams they played against were higher caliber, and their bullpen blew a lot of games. The Rangers had the same issue. Their bullpen was very weak, and if they want to continue making a deep run, this is the kind of game they got to play. They've got to get six to seven innings from their starter, and they've got to give it to the high-leverage people that they know they can depend on. And unfortunately for them, they don't know who their high-leverage people are yet. In the end of the season, they they used three different closers for the whole year. They never had a defined closer, which puts them in a weird spot in the playoffs because you want defined roles, because you want people to have a groove so when you get into these high leverage situations, you know what to expect. What can we expect going into game two? Because obviously tonight we saw the Texans, and like you said, Jordan Montgomery started. They don't have their star pitchers in Scherzer and DeGrom. And are they going to be back this series, or are they going to no, have to DeGrom wait? No, DeGrom is out for the whole year. He had Tommy John surgery again. Okay. They're looking at him next year. Scherzer's kind of interesting. Right now he's out. If they make a deep enough run, and I'm talking World Series probably, Scherzer may be back for that. Okay. But I'm not going to hold your breath on that. I wouldn't. Uh, I think yeah, I would there's not. a good chance. <laughs> Unfortunately, those guys are always got injury histories, and you want them in the playoffs because they're just a different breed. Scherzer yeah. helped win the Nationals a World Series back in 2019, and DeGrom is one of the reasons the Mets always made deep – well, not deep runs. They always blew it. <laughs> they always look good. Yeah, they look good. The I can say that. hope. Yeah. Um, for game two, is Nathan Avaldi was very underrated this year. Mm. He's been underrated the last couple years when he was with the Red Sox or the Yankees. This is a guy that actually had multiple Tommy John surgeries, came back, and has been an amazing pitcher. I still hate his guts because I was at <laughs> the 2018 playoffs when the Yankees played against the Red Sox, and Evaldi went eight innings and shut us out pretty much. You guys might hear a lot about hate and love from former players. Baseball guys get passed around a lot, don't they? It depends. Yeah. The big players usually don't, unless okay, they're free agents. Fair prospects and younger players well now it's really difficult because with analysis and all the different metrics and every team uses it's really hard trying to find a stolen a diamond in the rough for any team but Nathan Evaldi so he's the probable starter Zach Effin is another great pitcher I mean they both Zach Effin went 60 and 8 with a 3.5 ERA that's amazing numbers yeah I'm gonna give this one I'm gonna put it on Evaldi and I think they might just win tomorrow and be done with the series that's fair. So you're taking the Texans to just sweep the Rays right away. Well, in away. a three-game series, I, I love the wild card games that are now three games, by the way. It's so much better than sudden death. I think because it's smarter. baseball, you need to have a series. Would I be surprised if the Rangers lose tomorrow and they go to game three? Granted, no one's reported the game three starters yet because you don't want to get in that situation if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I, I'm thinking since they beat Glass now, it's in the Rays' back corner. They're backed into a corner now. I do expect the Rangers to maybe win this and potentially go against the Baltimore Orioles. It's a little surprising, too, because, I mean, obviously not everyone watches baseball on a regular basis, but I think a lot of people still heard about the strong start the Rays had, and now they might be getting knocked out without winning a single playoff game. Right after the All-Star break, they kind of slowed down a little bit, and the Orioles really took off. Mm -hmm. 
But then after that, they kind of came back, and they fought for the second-best record in baseball. I mean, they did have, like, 99 wins this year. Damn. So it's not like they were a bad team. But they have a lot more flaws than the Rays team we normally see, especially in today's game one. They had four errors. You don't see that from the Rays. You don't see them getting shut out because they always make the little things. Stolen bases, walks. They try to put pressure on the pitchers. Great defense. I mean, this was a perfect storm for the Rangers to win this game. The other big game, the other American League game, to switch gears a little bit, was the Toronto Blue Jays and Minnesota Twins. And to give a little history on this, Minnesota had the easiest road to the playoffs. They played in the worst division baseball in the American League Central, where they were the only team in all of baseball to be the only team above 500 in their division. That's awful. Yeah. <laughs> No other team in any other division in baseball in the American League or National League had that happen to them. Every other team had at least two teams above 500. So it was the worst division in baseball. Oh, yeah. And that makes sense because a lot of those play- teams in that division are rebuilding. For a while, we actually thought it would be the Guardians because the Guardians actually have really good hitting and pitching too. Mm-hmm. But the Twins just kind of overtook them because they easily had one of the best pitching staffs in baseball this year. It sounds like the Guardians just faltered. Since a little they bit, but they're a also a small – yeah, they're also a small market team. They're rebuilding a little bit. But to go back to the Twins. I mean, they, they won today. They did win, which I thought was a little surprising, but not totally surprising because of their pitching. This team had one of the best pitching staffs in the entire American League. They were tied for the fewest runs allowed in the, in the, in the American League. A big part of that was Sonny Gray's resurgency. He continued his great streak of playing well. Ever since he left the Yankees, I mean, there are some players that can't handle the bright lights in New York, and he was one of them. But since he's left, he's been amazing mm-hmm. for other teams. And then the other part that really helped out was the Twins' offense. They really saw an uptick in runs. They really got it from Royce Lewis, one of the rookies, along with Eduardo Julian and Matt Walliner. And to talk about Royce Lewis, as a rookie, he actually won them the game today. He had two home runs, a two-run homer and a solo shot. And they won 3-1 to one against the Blue Jays. He literally got all the RBIs. Yep. Wow. That's yep. Got, he's got to feel pretty pumped, especially as a rookie. Oh, yeah. That's, I don't care what happens. If they're eliminated in the next two games, you've made your offseason. Oh, yeah. Your first playoff game. Yep. Three RBIs. You solo, hand, single-handedly won yourself and your team a playoff game. Oh, exactly. And then to just talk about the Blue Jays for a little bit, this was a team that had a scrape and claw to get where they were at this year. They played in the tough American League East where all five teams were technically contending for a division or wild card like always. And I know the Yankees and Red Sox faltered big time, but at one point all five of them were great. And they were all above 500, I think. I think the Red Sox were the only team below 500. I think they were like six games below. But yeah, the the Yankees were above it. And I mean, what's wild was the Blue Jays were at least convincingly enough ahead of both the Yankees and the Mm -hmm. Red Sox. Big market teams. Yes, well, the Blue Jays is a big market team, too. I know, but they're not Yankees and Red Sox. No, they're not. No, they're not. But they had more star power than the Yankees and Red Sox this year. Yeah. Vladimir Guerrero, Bo Bichette, Calvin Biggio, Kevin Gosman. Those guys are stars. And Guerrero and Bichette are all-star top ten players. Yeah. Guerrero has not had the same season since 2021, but he's still one of the best hitters and one of the most feared hitters in game. And he got that from his dad. Yeah, his dad's probably Hall of Fame. Yeah, his dad's, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame just yet. I can't remember off the top of my head. Probably He's the Hall of Fame is so screwed up anyways. Don't get me started on that. (laughs) 
Uh, we'll probably talk about that one they have Hall of Fame inductions. Oh, yeah, that'll be a fun conversation. I can't wait for those. Yeah, but Bichette is having a great year, and he was that focal point of the team this year. He was out for a while, and the Blue Jays definitely hurt, missed him. Yeah. He led the league in hitting, I think. He was just one of the best players in baseball this year. He really took big strides over the last couple of years. He's always been a good hitter, but he pushed it up another five notches this year. Mm. Their pitching staff is also very good. In terms of the playoffs, I think uh, Blue Jays, probably the best pitching staff matchups in, this year, in the playoffs overall. They had the second best pitching staff in terms of ERA at 3.78. And if you think about that, if they start five starters and the average ERA for all five of those starters is 3.78, that's hella impressive. But at the same time, they also improved their defense. They went from one of the worst defenses to the best defense. And I know in terms of like other sports, baseball doesn't think defense is important, but that's very incorrect. You can just look at what happened with the Rays when they had four errors because their defense wasn't very good. Especially in the playoffs where every run and every pitch matters, you need to have a top flight defense behind you. And they definitely have that because they have two platinum, gold, platinum glovers on their team. A platinum glover is essentially the best fielder in the entire conference. What's the difference between a platinum glover and a golden glove? So a gold glover goes to each position. Okay, gotcha. A platinum glover, there's only one of those. Oh. They are essentially the best defensive player in all of, of their league. Or NL and AL? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Kevin Kiermeyer is the center fielder. He's got one. Matt Chapman, the third baseman, he's got, I think, two from when he was with the A's. So their defense really went up this year, getting those guys, and that's what they needed. Mm, but they're down. Yeah. 0 to 1. Well, that was the part I was going to get to with their offense being very inconsistent this yeah. year. Compared to the previous years, they weren't as good, especially outside of Bichette. Guerrero was decent. He had a great season again, but it hasn't really clicked with them. And that was one reason why I feel like this is going to be probably the lowest scoring playoff matchup of all of them. And I'm going to give it to the Twins to make it past the Blue Jays, mostly because of their pitching, as we saw today. Well, so let's talk about that second game, too, because the probable starters, Chris Bassett, 16-8, and eight, ERA at 3.6, going up against Sonny Gray. Not as impressive as a record when you look at the wins. He's 8-8, eight and eight, but the ERA is 2.79, a lot better. Well, wins and losses are not as important in baseball as they used to be. Yeah. I think well, the ERA is more impressive in my opinion. ERA is very important still, but wins and losses, I still think of as an important factor, but it's getting less and less importance in this sport. Yeah. Because nowadays, pitchers aren't going six, seven innings anymore. To qualify for a win, you've got to go at least five innings right. and be leading. And nowadays, a lot of starters aren't even going five innings. They're going three or four a lot Exactly, of the time, because yeah. they're using a starter or um, a bullpen pitcher for the first inning. They're so deep. And then they, go, they bring their starter in the second, third, and fourth, fifth innings. So because of that, win-losses aren't as important. And that's one reason why Sonny Gray is 8-8. Eight and eight. But his ERA is 2.79. It's incredible, yeah. yeah. Being below a three, whenever I see that, I look at that and I just think, okay, this guy – at least for nearly half of the game, <laughs> is going to prevent the other team from scoring a lot of runs. Exactly. It, and it's in a huge advantage when you can say probably for half the game you're not really going to score many on me. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's why one reason I said I think the Twins are better than the Blue Jays in this regard. So you think? do you think that the Twins will beat the Rays in two games? Obviously, Sonny Gray starting. They have a bit of an advantage here. Yes. Well, if they somehow get through Sonny Gray, game three pitchers haven't been announced yet. I don't know. It's going to depend on how good this offense is. I think they only mustered uh, what? Mustered four hits today? I think uh, the Twins mustered five hits total. Yeah. Oh, I meant Blue Jays. Oh, Blue Jays managed six. They managed six hits. But they weren't consistent enough to yeah. get runs scored. 
How many was given up by Pablo Lopez? Uh, Pablo Lopez, uh, I think he... He gave up three hits? I think he... Five. He gave up five he hits. Gave, okay, yeah, he gave up the Well, they majority. were probably scattered. I mean, Lopez is a great pitcher. And to speak of Lopez a little bit more, he was actually a trade partner with Luis Arias from the Marlins. He was originally a twin last year. And it's one of the few times where a trade works out in both teams' favor. Usually you don't get that. One team usually gets a better deal out of it. But the fact that they got both teams got a good guy out of it, and they're both in the playoffs. But yes, I do think that I'm going to put this to the Twins to win right now. Because Sonny Gray is pitching tomorrow, and I think he's going to probably shut them down. Mm. If they're going to win, it's going to be behind Bichette and Guerrero to kind of table set this team. You mean the Blue Jays? The Blue Jays, yeah. yes. If the Blue Jays have a shot, they've got to get early runs yeah. and get the Twins into that bullpen and kind of get away from Sonny Gray. That's fair. That does make a lot of sense because it seems like a big threat. But it sounds like you've got the Twins going ahead over the Blue Jays on I this one. I do, and I have them going to the AODS, and we'll talk about my predictions for that in a minute. But um, I want to go to now... The current games? <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. So we're going to do some live look-ins for these games. Yeah, the Brewers started off strong, and now they are about to lose game one to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Go Top of the Diamondbacks! Nine. Fuck the Diamondbacks. Go Brew Crew. Six and three. So I need me a beer. <laughs> the Diamondbacks are finally back in the postseason after missing it the last six years. And they're only the third team in the entire Major League Baseball history to make it back in the playoffs after having a 110-plus loss season. Yep. So they did it. The other two teams that do that was this year's Baltimore Orioles because they had three seasons of 100 and some losses and the 2013 to 2015 Astros. Am I mistaken? But I remember the D-backs being in the playoffs like uh, they're not that long ago. Yeah, the last one was 2017. Oh, wow, okay, not two years ago. That yeah, was, that it wasn't was years two years ago. ago. That's, oh, yeah, seven years ago. That does yeah. make sense. And they're kicking the crap out of my brew crew right now. Yeah, so I, I actually make notes about this that I'm a little shocked it went this way, but I did have the Diamondbacks winning this series. Mm-hmm. Because as good as good pitching is, the Diamondbacks have better hitters. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and just to go off this, the Brewers, they made the playoffs like they always make the playoffs by good pitching. They are easily one of the most consistent pitching staffs in the majors. Every year, they're always leading with the best DRA, the best, not the best wins and losses because they have so many low-scoring games, but ERA, whip, K percentage, they're always leading in one of those or all those stats. They got a huge boost with Brandon Woodruff coming back from the injured list in August. They did. I mean, he only had nine starts, but the fact that he had a 2.6 ERA just shows how good he was. Well, the other thing is, too, with their hitting is uh, Yelich, I know, has kind of been quiet the past few years, and he seems to have picked it back up. It looks like this game, he's actually done a decent job. He's one for three with a run, two walks. So he's doing his job, but this hitting is struggling. Well, if the Brewers are going to win, him and Wilson Contreras are the two focal points of that offense. They're the two most consistent hitters. They're the two best hitters in that entire lineup. So if they're going to win, they've got to be the table setters. They've got to do their jobs. But at the same time, this is why I don't see them winning this series right now. And that's because of the fact that Arizona has just got way more talent on the offensive side of the ball. They've, they're led by the NL Rookie of the Year, Corbin Carroll, who's also going to get some MVP votes as well. He's having a freaking game right now, by yeah, the way. I was about to ask. How's the stats going? Because two for three, two runs, two walks, two RBIs, and a home run. See, that's ridiculous. That's nuts. He is one of my favorite players to watch, and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when we did our first baseball episode, when we talked about the fact that Mike Trout isn't in the playoffs because you want your best players to be there. He is one of the best players. Bless you. Excuse me. Sorry about that. He is one of the stars in the sport right now. 
And it's amazing that he's there, and it's even better that he's playing like this right now. Yeah, it's the best time to play yeah. your best baseball. Exactly. It's like playoff hockey. Exactly. I mean, every pitch matters. You only have so many outs, so many chances to do something. Looks like it's going in the middle of the ninth now, too, so Brewers are up and hitting. Okay, 6-3, right? Yeah, I, I don't feel good about it because, like you said, they're hitters right now. It's probably just Christian Yelich, and I don't, I'm not sure who's at bat at the moment. Looks like they're transitioning right now. I don't have faith that my Brewers are going to win tonight. I'd love to see a comeback, and that'd be great if that happened live, but I have my doubts. Oh, but going into game two of this series, it seems like you are really high on this D-backs hitting. Yes. I, I, so I don't well, think you think the Brewers are going to win a game. I say even their pitching is a little good. I don't know who pitched today because when I looked it up, they didn't have the starters at the it time. It looks like it was Corbin Burns. He pitched Corbin four, Burns. four innings. He allowed five hits, four earned runs, and uh, five strikeouts. But. Yeah, and actually what's even shocking is the fact that the Diamondback starter was knocked out after the second after the second inning. Yeah. He only went 2.2 innings and gave up seven hits, three runs, three walks, four Ks, and a home run. Well, he was the one letting in all the Brewers' runs, and yeah. that's just good coaching, I feel like. Yes, in the playoffs in a three-game series, got to have a quick hook. Yeah. You cannot wait too long. And I think the Diamondbacks made the right decision there where they took him out and he they just shut him down after that. The yeah. bullpen came in and knocked him out. And the bullpen for the Diamondbacks is a little underrated. I don't think people actually expected them to be that good, but they are definitely getting it done with the guys they have. And I think right now, I don't know who's their Game 2 starters since when I looked it up, they didn't release any of their Game 2 starters yet. Well, so who's the D-backs ace? That would be Zach Gallen. So he is 17 9, 3.47 ERA, had an amazing year. He's definitely one of the more up and coming pitchers in the league. I don't know if he's starting game two because for the Diamondbacks to even make the playoffs, they had to use Gallon and their second best star, Merrill Kelly, mm. in back to back starts just to get here. So I don't know if either of them, that's one reason why they platted had a pitch today in game one. Yeah. Is because they didn't have their their normal starters ready to go yet. So I'm curious, though, if Woodruff is going to be the starter for game two. I don't know the last time he played. but It if, was end of September. So, if, I mean, the Brewers could theoretically go with Woodruff for game two just to get them through because they need to win that game too, but then the D-backs could theoretically hold off on Zach Gallon, go for the win in game three, or Woodruff starting isn't a guaranteed thing. Yeah, well, I think the, they also have Peralta for the Brewers as well. They have other guys that they can come in and help them out. It's not set in stone that they have to use. Woodruff? Yeah. True. I, but, I mean, it's do or die. I, I say go for it, personally, just as a Brewers fan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I could see why you would say that. Yeah, <laughs> elongate the season. Yes, it's going to be interesting to see what they do tomorrow. Well, actually, there's still three more outs. And last I looked, their guy's coming in right now. Uh, well, it's nobody good. <laughs> Who's sitting? Well, Frelick, Adamas, and Donaldson are all coming. I can't believe Josh Donaldson has two freaking Frelick three. has two hits. Well, yes. I and was Adams, say Willie Adams is three. Yeah. So they this group These are the of guys three that actually be. got good hits, but they got the good hits against them. Yeah, early on. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. So, I can't believe freaking Josh Donaldson is in the playoffs. <laughs> that bum for the Yankees couldn't do <laughs> yes, See, I told you. He's going to hate on everyone. He even hates the old Yankees players. He doesn't even like those guys. That's because they sucked for us, <laughs> and they never were there. But, oh, yeah. gosh. What a I'm chore. sorry. There's, it's, it's bad. Let's talk about the last game, if you want, that's also going on right now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, let me, I, I apologize. So you're picking the D-backs to win this. I am winning the, I'm picking the D-backs to win this game. Two games or three? 
I'm gonna say in three. Okay. I wouldn't be if Zach Gallon actually does pitch tomorrow. Then unfortunately, I think it might be game over for your brews early. That's fine. I'll drink a beer of six for yeah. for them when they inevitably <laughs> lose. Let's go to the last wild card series, which is the Miami Marlins. Sorry, the Miami Nobodies versus the Philadelphia Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, uh, this was a great team matchup. I think the Phillies last year were the Cinderella team because they were one of the worst teams in baseball until the second half, and they quite stormingly made it in and made a deep run and made it all the way to game six of the World Series or game five of the World Series. Oh, yeah, that's right. Against the Astros. They are used to playing in the bright lights, making clutch hits, and it doesn't hurt that they have Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber, and now new teammate Trey Turner. And Trey Turner actually had a very weird first season as a Philly. He was not playing very good after having an amazing World Baseball Classic. He came in hitting like 200 for most of the season, and then Phillies fans did something really crazy. In late August, early September, they made a billboard and they kind of thanked Trey Turner and they gave him a standing ovation for, you know, being on this team. And ever since that, I mean, Trey Turner was a different player. He was hidden more. I think he ended the season like 10 more home runs or something. He was just amazing. Philadelphia did that for a player? Yeah, That's surprisingly. That's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think they would do something, but they care about their sports teams a lot. No, and I know that. I just think they hate most of their players. <laughs> well, they don't hate Phillies players. You know what? That's fair. They, they hate not. Carson Wentz. They hate Eagles players more. And yeah, Phillies they, fans... They despise Eagles players. They, they despise them and love them at the same time. The same thing with the Phillies. But the Phillies are a little more nitty-grittier than the Eagles sometimes. Especially fair. with the identity they have with Bryce Harper, who is very flashy. They, probably, yeah, they probably align more like personality-wise yeah. to their baseball team more than their football team and their hockey team. It's a weird city because I think it's, it's become a football first because the Eagles are so prominent. <laughs> yeah, they've had a lot of success. But at the same time, the Phillies are probably their first love yeah. as Philadelphia fans. I, I can see that. But let's let's go yeah. into the nitty-gritty of this series. This yep. is entering the bottom of the eighth, or ending the eighth inning. Uh, Phillies are up 4-1. Um, I am not surprised Phillies won this, or up where they're at right well, now. I'm, I'm just surprised that the Marlins are here. Just knowing what I know about baseball, it seems like they usually aren't one of these teams that make playoff pushes. Well, they aren't, but they've made a lot of good moves. Some of them were done when Derek Jeter was the president and kind of set them up. But this team was known out of resiliency. So they were one of the worst teams in baseball last year. <laughs> they had, you know, below 500 record. They were 69-93. And then this year they finished up 84-77. and And a lot of that is because of the fact that they were so damn good in one-run games. They were just... Outstanding. I think they finished up with like a 33 and 13 record Good in one Lord. run games, if I remember right. Uh, I, I also think they finished with a pretty strong end of the season record. Oh, too. They, they finished 18 and 9. That's how they made the playoffs. That's they, nuts. they found out, I think, the second to last game that they got in because uh, the Diamondbacks lost to the Astros, but the Diamondbacks at that time already had a playoff berth because of another team <coughs> losing. Mm -hmm. And so the Marlins made it in with that last wild card seed. Like I said before, the key for them is resiliency. They win close games. They're nitty gritty. They do all. They really go in there and try to win. I mean, they're not going to score a lot of runs based on their team. Mm. But it starts and ends with Luis Arise, who we talked about earlier that came from the Twins. He's the first person in MLB history to actually win a batting title back to back in two different leagues. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he had 314 last year. Just narrowly beat out Aaron Judge for the Triple Crown. Uh, and then this year he hit 355. He was at one point hitting very close to 400. For those of you who don't know, Aaron Judge is Husson's one and only lover. 
who just happens to play also for the Yankees, if you can believe that. I, I know it's a big Derek shocker. Oh, he yeah. is—he has two lovers. Never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but to go back to Luis Arise, the fact that he was trying to even hit 400 is impressive, since the last two people to do it were from the Negro Leagues in 1948. I don't know what that is. It sounds racial. Yes, it was. That's when they actually segregated the baseball. Oh, leagues. I got you. That's wild. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. Yeah, they actually did that until Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. That's sick. Yeah. So the two guys that did that back then were uh, Willard Brown and Artie Wilson. They were the last two guys to hit above 400. <laughs> then Ted Williams was the last one to do it in 1941 if you discount the majors. I was going to say, I haven't heard of anyone in the modern day hitting above 400. No, That's the closest insane. guy we had was Tony Gwynn that hit in the 390s in his career. Good God. And he was a guy that would only strike out 20 times a season. Damn. That's when you have some so hitters good. now hitting, striking out 20 times in three games. Yeah. just put that in perspective how good hitters were back then. Bryce Harper's probably done that before. Oh, yeah, easily. <laughs> a lot of guys have now. I have chirped Bryce Harper at an MLB game. Have you really? Oh, when I lived in D.C., I went to Brewers games, and uh, obviously that's when he played for the Nationals. Yep. So he was there, and I had some great National fans around me because those stadiums were never full, and the tickets were pretty cheap. That's why I like going to them. It's just yeah. a good time. I'll get a beer. I'll go be social. But Bryce Harper always just seemed to be a fun guy to chirp. Now, he's playing for this Phillies team, and they are looking like they're going to win. It's the top of the ninth. Marlins are on the top of the ninth. So we're going to find out probably during this podcast whether or not the Marlins lose or win. Yep. But uh, I saw that you think that the Phillies are just going to win it in two games. Yes, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Start the season off, they had six different players with 20-plus home runs. And that was the first time in club history. Mm -hmm. And I think I mentioned this last time I did a baseball podcast, and I might have misspoke. When it comes to hitting in the playoffs, it's a little different. You're not going to string three, four, five, six hits all the time. You're going to have to win off home runs. And this Phillies team knows how to hit home runs. They did it last year with clutch hits. They won a lot of walk-off home runs last year, and they did it again this year. And the biggest part is going to be Schwarber and Harper. Those two guys are the big boppers. I mean, Schwarber finished the season with 46 home runs. And he had a very weird season with his metrics. I think he hit 200. He struck out like 160 times. He had 100 walks. His OPS was like 800. But then when you look at when he does stuff, it always comes in clutch situations. I'm just going to make a note that we need a bopping stick. A bopping stick, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, like, I do think that the Phillies are the better team than the Marlins just because they also have really good pitcher. They have a one-two punch with Aaron Nola and um, Zach Wheeler. And Zach Wheeler started pitching tonight. He pitched 6.2 innings. Damn. Okay, yeah, so that's what I'm talking about. He yeah, – sorry, I lost my voice for a second there, guys. You've been talking a lot. I have been talking a lot. No, he, he, he's had a good game, 6.2 innings, only one earned run against, eight strikeouts. So he hasn't really needed a ton of offense from his, uh, his guys. Yeah, I think – well, that's the thing. Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola are very underrated. Too. Their seasons might not have been up to their standards in terms of ERA and wins and losses, but they're still two amazing pitchers in the National League and in baseball in general, and that's why I also put them above the Marlins. And they have a really good bullpen, especially with rookie Orion uh, Kerking. He had a great rookie season, and I don't know if they're going to use him 
tonight with the way the game is going, but I don't think they need to. And they might. I think he might have played in the eighth inning if he did anything. But yes, uh, this was a team. I, I think the Marlins story was really great this year since they haven't made it since the COVID pandemic year when they had almost every team make it in. That's why I called them the Marlin nobodies because yeah. it just seemed like I was surprised to see them here. Yeah, it's more a compliment than anything else. Mm-hmm. I just never expect to see the Marlins anywhere, and yeah. they made the playoffs, and that's freaking awesome. They're definitely an up and coming team going forward. Jazz Chisholm is another great center fielder for them. He's a defensive wizard. And Josh Bell, who they got through a trade, is a power-hitting first baseman that used to play for the Padres and the Pirates back in the day. And I know Sandy Alcantara did not have a good season this year, but he's still a top-10 pitcher if he can get back to gear next year. Yeah. So well, I think how's that going to carry over? Give a quick prediction going forward, and obviously we'll talk about these matchups next week. But if it goes like I think it's going to go, Houston is going to be playing the Twins. And the Orioles are going to be playing the Rangers. Let's let's talk about those predictions just real quick. So Astros playing the Twins. Yep. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Astros. That's not even a question. That's fair. <laughs> and I hate saying that. That's <laughs> like Red Sox hate almost. But the Astros are just a better team. And I know we said they shockingly made the playoffs. Mm. And that's just because they had to fight between the Mariners and the Rangers. And all three of those teams – got decided their playoff fates on the last day of the season. So that's why when we say shockingly they made it in, it's just because of how close all three of them had their games and each of them had tiebreakers. I won't go into full specifics since we'll wait until the uh, division series starts. Pitching and hitting, I'm going to give to the Astros. They just And Verlander's back with Houston. How many games? I'm going to say that goes in. I don't think it'll be a sweep. I think it'll go in four games. Four games? Yeah, three to one. Okay. Twins will probably win one game and the Astros will take the other three. Then on the other side we got... The Rangers and the Orioles. Ooh, this might be good. This is going to go five games. You think so? And I want to say, I think the Orioles are going to win this. They, the Orioles are having a special year, man. They won 101 games this season. Yeah, I saw. They won They've got the game. rookie of the year in Gunnar Henderson. Adley Rushman is a star in the making for them. They've got Anthony Santander there. The biggest question mark is their pitching. That's my only part I don't know how they're going to do there. So I'm still going to pick the Orioles because I think they're the better team than the Rangers. I want to mull that over a little bit more before I officially give my pick on that game. That's fair. I want to look at the matchups and their pitching and see who the pitchers are. I mean, you still have the rest of the predictions to change your mind. I do. I won't lie. Something, the way you're talking makes me feel like the Texans are just going to make it to the ALCS. You mean... You mean the, or the, you Rangers, the Rangers, sorry, yeah. the Rangers. Yeah, I apologize. I've yeah, you're been talking football. football for so long yeah. that I'm just mixing it up at this point. Well, the Rangers are a little bit more complete because they're pitching. Fair. I don't know. I, well, I, so I don't count out the Orioles. Right now you've got the Astros playing the Orioles in the ALCS. Yep. I think I know who you're going to say, but who's making it to the World Series? I'm going to say the Orioles. What, really? <laughs> no. I mean, I want the Orioles to make it the World Series. Yeah. So let me say it that way. I think Houston will probably make it then. I think they're going to sweep the Orioles. I'm calling it now. As someone who knows game less, series? oh yeah, four, four nothing, games? four I nothing, calling it. As someone who knows a lot less yeah. about baseball, it's well, going to happen. We'll talk about those matchups next week. <laughs> um, to go on the National League side. So you have the Diamondbacks beating the Brewers. The, yes, I do. Play the Dodgers, which I, as a Brewers fan, hate them so so much. They beat us too many times. You have the D-backs and the Dodgers, which seems poetic in a way. And who are you taking, and you why? Know, the Dodgers that were very interesting this year. Because they weren't the same pitching monstrosity they've been the last couple years. They had good pitchers, but it was head by Kershaw, who if anybody follows baseball knows Kershaw's never made it in the playoffs very well. Yeah. He does not know how to win the big game. 
one, especially if he's given the chance to win a big game. I'm going to take the Dodgers just at the stake right now without looking at pitching matchups and just looking at the teams themselves. I think the Dodgers would beat the Diamondbacks, but I think that would go in five games because sure. this, they're both division opponents as well. But uh, I don't want to put that in stone yet. That's fair. These are all – I'm not going to say anything seriously takes until we have pitching matchups and everything set up. That's a commitment problem. I do. <laughs> Phillies, Braves. You got to pick them and stick with them. Well, I, it's hard to do that in baseball because you got matchups. That's and true. The pitchers are available. I get that, but you know who's hitting for them most of the time. Oh, the hitting is fine, but pitching matters just as much. Yeah, true. But Phillies, Braves. I'm taking the Braves. Okay, well, that I'm was not even, easy. I'm not even, yep, the Braves are the best team in baseball. And so and that might answer Phillies, the next question. And the Braves. Took, out, took care of the Phillies in the division as well, a lot. Um, they also took out the Marlins a lot, too. So whoever they're playing, it's a division opponent for the Braves, and they have confidence in beating them. So it's probably going to be a pretty easy I think that one will should. Go. I think that one will go in fourth. Okay. I'm going to give, if the Phillies have to play them, the Phillies will take one win. No sweep. The Marlins, then it will be a sweep. Oh, okay, they'll sweep the Marlins. Yeah. Like I said, I, I can't But you have the Phillies game. making it, so let's put the Phillies, the Phillies there. I the Phillies making it, then I'm going to say they go in four. Okay. And so you got the NLCS, you have the Dodgers playing the Braves. Braves win it. Braves win it, and they're playing who from the a the AL? It might be a rematch of 2021 when it was Houston Astros versus Braves. Braves. I'm going to take the Braves again. Braves are winning it in Husson's book. Mark it down. He is committed to this bracket, and he's not going to change anything. I still have my doubts about the Dodgers against the Diamondbacks. If any team, and the same thing with the Rangers and the Orioles. I don't want to say anything just yet. <laughs> Those are my two teams where I could sw- I mean, the playoffs have started. You have to pick them now. So this is your bracket at the start of the playoffs, and you know a bunch of it's going to go wrong. Oh, I know. We'll see how much. I actually, just knowing not that much, nearly as much baseball as you, I like the Texans and I like the D-backs to make the ALCS. Yep, I'm just going to call them the Texans for the rest of time. They have two Texas teams. That's why you can't do that. The Texan Texans. (laughs) Oh, God. The the Texas Rangers. I'm going to have them beating the Orioles. And I'm going to have the D-backs beating the Dodgers. Because it's looking like the D-backs are going to get through. Actually, let's check on that score real quick, too. Yeah. So, the Phillies officially beat the Marlins, 4-1. to one. Okay. And then the Brewers, yeah, they lost 6-3, to three. yeah. Yep. Er, er, sorry, the D-backs beat the Brewers 6-3. Yeah. to three. I was about, those games went. I'm a little shocked that the Brewers pitching wasn't that good. But at the same time, like I said earlier, the Diamondbacks hitting hitters are so much more talented. Yeah, but I, I think that the World Series is going to look pretty similar to how you put it. Just the Astros and the Braves, the little I know about baseball, those teams are just so complete. They're so complete. And I'll take the Braves, too. Uh, yeah, I, the Braves are just so damn good. Yeah, I'm a basic bitch. Yeah, I'm a basic baseball girl. <laughs> give me the, give me the Braves. <laughs> I like your picks. It should be a great wild card round. Next three days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, there's four straight games of baseball each day. Yep, it's going to be a great playoff series. Game threes haven't been decided yet for any teams because, we honestly, you don't want to get into game three. God. There's so many sports going on right now, everybody. There's hockey starting. Baseball playoffs are going on. Basketball starts in a couple weeks as well. Football every week's important. Yep. Champions League for soccer's going on. And, like, not even the NBA season starting, but, like, there were so many moves recently, too. Oh yeah, yeah you the got the Bucks got a big piece in Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard, oh my goodness, I love it. We yeah. lost Drew Holiday, which made me a little sad. We love him. And he went to the Celtics, went which to made the, the Celtics. Celtics much better too. The Celtics and the Suns, they don't, they lost depth, but I mean, obviously, so did the Bucks a little bit. I still think Bucks have a little bit more depth, and I think the Bucks are the favorite to win now. It's just there's also there's a lot of good teams, really obviously good teams. Yeah, and well, I'm hoping my Bucks can win another championship especially with Giannis there. The whole reason 
reason I stayed a basketball fan was him <laughs> signing that Supermax deal. Giving me hope that people will actually stay in Milwaukee instead of constantly leaving us. Kareem and Ray Allen. Giannis is old school. I love Giannis, man. I, I have his jersey for a reason. He's the man, but this isn't baseball. Baseball is what's being talked about right yep. now. The I playoffs think, should be fun. Oh, yeah. Baseball playoffs are very similar to hockey playoffs in that regard, where it's more important and more exciting than the regular season because there's so many games. And now you're down to the final 12 teams all vying for that trophy. Yeah. I think all baseball fans of all teams are going to be watching yes. playoff Baseball. It's the same way with hockey. It doesn't you, matter. You just watch the games because you know at any time one of these teams is going to get knocked out and be a surprise. Yeah. You, we, we did this during hockey season, yep. too. We Our team was in the playoff, and then even when they weren't playing, we were watching other teams play. Exactly. It's just it a great time. fun, yeah. Especially when the games are so much quicker. I think the time difference is so much better, too. You like the rule change? I do like the rule changes. I don't like it when I'm at the stadium. I hate it then. Because I'm already paying that much money. I want to enjoy it even more. But if I'm watching it from TV, I do like the pitch clocks. I, I've always been a favor of the pitch clock. And I do like the more stolen bases with the bigger bases and stuff. I think it's great for the sport, and you're seeing it now. So Well, now let's let's review your thing okay, one more time. Yeah, I just want right. to review it for everyone to hear. That right. way they can uh, rip on you. Nah, fine, fine, fine. I was trying to skip that. No, no, absolutely not. So Hudson's got the Twins playing the Astros and... The Rangers playing the Orioles. The Astros and the Orioles meet in the ALCS, and then the Houston Astros make it to the World Series. From the NL side of things, he's got the Brewers going down to the D-backs. I'm saying the D-backs beat the Dodgers. You switched it? I love it. My brain was thinking, well, I told you I was thinking that in my head when we were talking about it. Yeah. And I don't trust the Dodgers pitching this year. I trust their hitters, yes, with Freddie Freeman and Mookie mm. Betts and everybody, and Will Smith. Don't know if I trust their pitching this year, especially with Kershaw. He's playing at a Cy Young level this year. But at the same time, in the postseason, he just knows how to break Dodgers fans' hearts in the postseason. <laughs> it's happened so many years. Mm, so he's going with D-backs over the Brewers yep. and then D-backs over the Dodgers, too. Yep. On the other side, he's got Phillies going over the Marlins. Yep. Braves breaking the city of love's heart and then beating the D-backs to make the World Series yep. against the Houston Astros where the Braves will win it. Yep. And Ronald Acuna Jr. will be the World Series MVP. Sign off on it. Yep. Put money down on it. It's a guarantee by Hassan, and if you lose your mortgage, blame Hassan. He'll be happy to pay you back. No, I won't. <laughs> don't even bring that up, all right? I got student <laughs> loan payments, buddy. <laughs> That's fair. That's a good point. Maybe don't blame Hassan with your bad <laughs> bets. Don't listen to any of mine either, even though I'm actually doing okay so far this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm probably going to go on for this week. It's fine. You want to sign us off? Yeah. Well, thank you again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed our MLB playoff special. We got another one next week for the divisional series and probably the conference championships as well. Oh, yeah. Um, we def- depending on how they break down, we might be play- watching some game fives while doing our show next week. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, Friday, Saturday. We're all over. We the might place. be right around that time because they actually take breaks between the divisional series. They have a one-day break in between. They need to have, like, tank bowls in the NFL on Wednesday nights or Tuesday nights. Oh, God, that would be so much. <laughs> that would be amazing. I mean, I don't want Tuesday night football, but, I mean, it oh, would be no. cool to have it in the background. That would be great. But if you haven't already, like, rate five stars, comment thank- if possible. Yep, thank you again for listening to us on however you may be doing so. We hope you enjoy our episodes because we love doing them as well. And we look forward to you listening to us next week. Episode 8, 9, and 10 probably.
Yep, we've got a big week. I'm a tired. I'm going to be tired already. I'm already tired. <laughs> I'm yep. mixing up my words. Oh, yeah. I did that during the football one quite a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did too. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, guys. We'll catch you next week.